0: Welcome to the quarterly show of the South Yorkshire Policy Pod. I'm your host, James Marriott, and this is the second episode of our podcast series, which has been developed and launched by the three South Yorkshire Chambers of Commerce, Barnsley and Rotherham, Doncaster and Sheffield. Now, in this episode, we're focusing on business innovation. What is it? Why does it matter to South Yorkshire and how would our economy be different if companies did more of it? In the quarterly economic survey from the beginning of 2022, we asked South Yorkshire businesses what motivated them to innovate, how much they spend on it and who they turn to for support. The quarterly economic survey is the UK's biggest private sector survey of business opinion collected by chambers of commerce from right across the country. Now here in South Yorkshire, businesses reported that growing sales rather than lowering costs was the main driver for innovation, that they would look first to each other for advice and typically most spend less than 10% of their turnover on innovation. Today we've assembled a crack team of experts on business innovation and entrepreneurial ecosystems to examine the issues. If you want to find out more about the quarterly economic survey used in this discussion, by the way, you can find the QES quarter one 2022 report link in the podcast description. So the topic that we're tackling today is, is quite a big one, innovation, and specifically looking at where we're at with innovation in South Yorkshire. So we've pulled together a fantastic panel of guests on the show to give us their perspective on our topic. So let's meet them. Going to ask each of them to say hello and introduce themselves now. And we'll start with Laura.
1: Hi, hi, James. Uh, so my name's Laura Bellett. I work for Team SY, which stands for Tech Ecosystem Acceleration and Market Making in South Yorkshire. It's a very long title. Um, it's a European funded project led by Capital Enterprise and Enterprising Barnsley with an aim to support entrepreneurship and grow the entrepreneurial ecosystem in South Yorkshire. So um, Capital Enterprise is a not-for-profit organisation based in London. They've been supporting entrepreneurs, incubators and accelerators for at least a decade. And this is their first project outside of the capital city. Um, And Enterprising Barnsley is the business support function of Barnsley Council and they're based at the Digital Media Centre. Alongside this role I'm also writing up my PhD thesis about entrepreneurial ecosystems. I'm at the University of Sheffield for my PhD and I did my fieldwork in Bristol. So my area of expertise is not so much around innovation exactly but it is around entrepreneurship which is what enables innovation to happen in many respects, um, and specifically about supporting the development of the entrepreneurial ecosystem, um, which again, similarly to innovation, is a bit of a buzzword, but it's essentially the environment that enables and encourages entrepreneurs to thrive.
2: Brilliant. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for joining us, um, Tom. I'm Tom Rumbold. I'm the CEO of Synetic. Synetic is a Doncaster-headquartered national integrated salvage and vehicle recycling business so scrap cars uh, to you and me where the focus is very much around innovation technology integration and sustainability so we were formed on the first of march 2019 through at the time what was quite a groundbreaking four-way merger uh, and just over three years on delighted to say that we're on the path to achieving our vision of leading the industry well thank you tom and finally uh, steve
3: Hi, yep. my name's Steve Foxley. I am the CEO of the Advanced Manufacturing Research Centre. So for people who are familiar with Sheffield and Rotherham, when you come off the M1, head down the parkway with that big building on the left-hand side next to McLaren. Um, so it's quite iconic, and I think a lot of people in the region know where we are. Um, I'm an engineer. I come from a family of engineers. So talking about innovation and high-value jobs is something I've grown up with. And I truly believe I'm in my my dream job. What we do at the AMRC is incredible. So we take the best fundamental research in the country, and we try and use that and innovate it to solve a lot of industrial problems.
0: Brilliant, thank you, Steve. So um, I, I've got a, a real kind of load of questions to fire at uh, at our panel today. At the end, we'll get some closing thoughts from um, each of you as well on the the overall topic. Steve, I'm going to come to you first. So you've got a background, obviously, working for some pretty big organisations where innovation is super important. Today, we're, we're focusing, of course, on South Yorkshire. So can I ask you why business innovation matters to South Yorkshire and also how good you think we are at it in South Yorkshire?
3: Yeah, maybe if I start with what, what is innovation, because I think that's important. So for me, There's two parts of innovation. One can be around sparking new technologies, you know, coming up with new products. Or it can be around using existing technologies, but using them in new areas. So just to give you a couple of examples of the sorts of things that we do, um, a new technology would be the work we did for McLaren. So this is about new novel carbon fibre processes to help them manufacture their chassis, at the sort of performance levels and geometry levels that haven't been done before. And then if I take an example of an existing technology, but a new area, that would be a piece of work we did for Magnematics, which is a local Sheffield company where they build um, motors and generators. And they had a process that was taking them 60 minutes as part of their assembly. And we helped them take that down to 60 seconds. So I think most businesses are interested in innovation. There'll always be the few that aren't, and I'm not saying it's everybody's got to do it, but most businesses either want to come up with better products and better processes, or they want to learn from other industries and pull through the latest thinking. In the UK, we are absolutely brilliant at inventing things, um, but we're terrible at exploiting them, and that's where innovation comes in. Uh, We're top three globally for research, but we want to pull that research into new businesses, new products, creating high value jobs and opportunities in the UK. And that's where innovation comes in. So for South Yorkshire, I think we are absolutely excellent in pockets. Our problem is that we are nowhere near our potential. So we've got really passionate business leaders. We've got great businesses, but it's just not infected the whole region and I think if we were at our potential you know we'd see higher productivity we'd see higher economic output we'd see a larger private sector economy and I think that's our challenge is how can we get that excellence across the whole region um, and really start to see that improvement in productivity.
0: So excellent in pockets is, uh, is what um, he thinks in terms of innovation in South Yorkshire. Laura any
1: thoughts? Yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, I'd be coming at it from a slightly different angle to Steve, um working as I do with entrepreneurs and generally small business owners. So um, I think excellent pockets is a, is a good way to describe it. I think as a region, we're, we're, we're really good at nurturing innovation. Um, we're very collaborative. Um a, Again, that sounds like a throwaway phrase almost, but we do have, you know, instances, for example, the Sheffield Incubator and Accelerator Network where we bring together accelerator and incubator program managers who then collaborate and can actually help better signpost businesses to access the support they need because the last thing you want to be doing as a business owner who's trying to grow their business whether that's through innovation or sales or whatever is to really struggle to find the support you need actually we have really good support structures in place and we're getting a lot better at being able to signpost um, those entrepreneurs and business owners Um, so yeah we do have innovative businesses and people here uh, but we really need to accommodate more of them. Uh, we've got two world class universities that are, you know, producing amazing spin outs like Fourjaw that I know Steve will be familiar with, of course. They've recently raised um, a million, one million pounds. And we've got really great activities in the pipeline that are going to support further spin out. So the um, Northern Gritstone Fund, for example, which is the universities of Leeds, Manchester and Sheffield have come together to raise 500 million is what their ambition is to raise, uh, to then invest in, in startups and entrepreneurs in this region. So I think we, as a region, we are good at innovation, but I think we also need to encourage a really bold approach towards taking risks so more people need to think about turning those ideas that they might have into businesses so again i'm talking very much at the early stage entrepreneurs one person who might have an idea it doesn't need to be a risky endeavor per se If you've got the right support, which I think we have in this region, especially at the start of a business journey, potential entrepreneurs can then be encouraged and supported to take risks and fail fast and actually establish whether their idea has business legs or not. So if we perform better at innovation, then if more people were supported to take risks, I think we'd see more businesses start up here, they'd grow here, create jobs for local people and for the graduates of the two universities and they wouldn't need to move elsewhere to seek the talent and investment that they might need to to grow and scale. So we have the right ingredients, but I think we can build on them and create more of a, a better environment for innovation to thrive.
0: Thank you, Laura. Some really good points there. Tom, I'd be interested in your kind of, you know, overview, your outline thoughts in terms of innovation
2: in South Yorkshire. How are we doing? Yeah, th- thank you, James and Laura uh, and Steve. So, didn't mention this in my intro, but in terms of my um, journey into scrap cars, it, it came via um, corporate banking originally. So I really understood um, the work of the MRC as it was being as it being set up because the area I used to cover was uh, Yorkshire and the Humber. Um, and as a result of that, dealt with a lot of corporate clients, so typically private equity structures or family structures or or smaller PLCs so that kind of banking perspective then moved into the world of, of food and, and food re- redistribution before um, moving into M&A advisory and then subsequently Synetic So why do I mention that? Well I suppose it, it's because of what I've observed, and what I would have, what I would say, is in terms of that observation, is exactly as as Stephen Laura have suggested, which is fantastic in pockets, high value manufacturing. Why we've got the AMRC, <laughs> you know, and and we've got high value manufacturing and processes. I've been, had the joy of visiting that uh, facility a number of years ago to see just how you know, that tech transfer can reduce cycle times and manufacturing processes from days to hours to minutes. It, it's it's just next level, world class, world leading, but in a relatively narrow, high-value manufacturing space. And I suppose where I come from is having gone professional advisor to to CEO is that you know, innovation is happening everywhere, every day, all around us. It, it's perhaps how how we position that. So I often use a, a fairly trite phrase in in my business, which is it's not about changing one thing by 100 percent. It's about changing 100 things by one percent, And that doesn't necessarily need um, R&D tax credits and nor does it qualify. It doesn't necessarily need incubators and ecosystems. It needs the mindset of continuous improvement. It needs businesses to listen to their clients, listen to their customers, listen to their colleagues and create the conditions necessary for that innovation and that, that continuous improvement. And what I would observe as a funder and banker and advisor to businesses and now someone that runs it, runs one, there's, there's lots and lots of businesses doing that every single day. So to me, I would echo everything that's been, been said. Fantastic businesses, some real great pockets of structural support. But in a fairly narrow field, and and to me, when I look at I think the stats around you know Yorkshire and the Humber make up about four percent of R and D tax credit claims nationally. For an economy as vibrant and as big and as diverse as, as as ours, I think that's massively under-indexed. So there is something around I think signposting and accessibility, but also about you know what actually innovation is versus versus what it isn't that I think would would, would help accelerate our combined efforts. Brilliant. Thank you, Tom. Um,
0: some, some good thoughts from all of you there. Steve obviously kind of came to you first on this. So as a kind of a, I guess this is sort of a, a knock-on question, really. I think all three of you in some way or another kind of touched on The local economy uh, and how the performance of the economy and and, and uh, innovation—kind of, you know, the the, the relationship between the, the the two. But let's just delve a little bit deeper into that, Steve. So, what what do you think could ultimately change in our economy if we were better
3: at innovating? Yeah, if I start with manufacturing, that's my background. If we get innovation right. The aim of that is to create new businesses is to create new opportunities is to create new jobs in the region particularly around advanced manufacturing we know that those jobs are typically 15 percent higher in terms of salaries um, and, and that obviously then brings economic benefits to families and to communities in the region and therefore Innovation is a way to start creating wealth, it's around creating prosperity and ultimately around productivity. So if we look at South Yorkshire at the moment, we are about 30% lower than the national average when it comes to productivity. And therefore, if we can get innovation right, we can start to regenerate areas, create high-value jobs, bring additional income into families, and I think bring you know hope um, to South Yorkshire. So for me, that's the goal of it. I want to see in the next 20 years, you know, we've got McLaren here now, we've got Boeing here, we've got Rolls-Royce facilities. I think in the next 10, 20 years, we can steroid inject and have even bigger companies coming to the region and creating even more jobs.
0: Thank you, Steve. Um, Tom, what are your thoughts?
2: I've got to record sure what Steve said um, once again, absolutely right, productivity it is critical, certainly in the cost pressures that as someone that that's running a business currently in terms of energy, wage inflation, transport, commodities, it, productivity is going to be king to see South Yorkshire and, and UK businesses more broadly succeed. Innovation is a necessary condition for increased productivity because clearly, as the cliche goes, if you, you know if you always do what you've always done, you always you always get what you've always got. So I think necessity is the mother of innovation to some extent and then it's around you know creating the environmental conditions to 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 make that so i just want to pick up on the point that steve made earlier about what i think the great thing about the clustering that we've got around the amrc and attracting some of these global names is not just that the supply chain and the rigor and the discipline and the innovation that 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 comes from that but also that cross-pollination um, to a point Steve made earlier from industries. One very easy example I can see every day is um, one of my colleagues has come out of the steel industry, um, very big on craneage systems. You know, we have now implemented that in Synetic. It's not an R&D tax credit play. it won't figure on anyone's metrics or measures, but what it has meant is in a big shed, there is now no plant and pedestrian interface other than to drop an engine in, into a shed, we use a crane to move that engine around. So clearly that's much safer. Clearly um, that's safer for planet and pedestrian and no heavy lifting. But that's using a really existing technology from the, the steel industry that is absolutely new and cutting edge in the, in the vehicle recycling industry. And I think the more of those businesses that, are around whether it's ourselves or Boeing and I wouldn't necessarily put Synetic in the, in the same bracket as McLaren and Boeing in terms of technology, but we all have things to learn and that's something that I think we, we can all agree on. So it's really how we can harness that potential, not just the the names of the new entrants, because it's, it's an amazing inward investment story if, if Boeing and, and McLaren come to South Yorkshire, but the benefit and the ripple effect of that is felt in their supply chain, but also I think we, we arguably could and should look wider to the more externally facing businesses, I guess Synetic being one, that will be just all too eager to take some of that knowledge and that technology and, and apply it in whatever form to their own business. So I think all the all, for all the reasons you mentioned, innovation is a, a good thing. It's an absolutely essential thing. You know, let's be clear, sustainability is going to drive this innovation in terms of resource pressures, but also effective like carbon budgets businesses will have those households will have those in due course because it's it's a planetary necessity so innovation is going to drive that i think ever faster but also i think that should drive us to to a greater degree of collaboration
0: great thoughts thank you um Tom
2: so Laura now I think it's I I think it's fair to say that
0: in your role you're kind of talking to businesses all over the country all the all the time so so I I feel like you can bring a a really unique perspective to this conversation so what what do we what do we know or, or what can you tell us about what drives businesses towards innovating
1: uh, it's a great question. The one I'm not sure I'm qualified to answer. <laughs> I think the best person to answer that would be um, Tom, indeed, as, as a business owner himself. However, I think possibly contrary to, to what Steve and Tom might think, I'm not sure that everyday business owner wakes up and thinks, oh, how am I going to innovate today? I think it's not always at the forefront of business owners' minds. That's not to say that they're not innovating. And I think Tom made that point quite clear about improving 100 things 1%. You know, The focus of most business owners and entrepreneurs on a day-to-day basis is how do I keep my business going? How do I keep my employees employed? How do I increase my scale with my sales? Um, how do I keep evolving to respond to market demands or to make the world a better place? So all of these Things, if you get them right, that they're all examples of innovation. So, all businesses are innovating all the time, but they might not always see it that way. So, what drives businesses to innovate? I think a lot of it is probably how do I keep the show on the road? Um, How do I drive down costs? How do I increase efficiencies? And being creative, you know, running a business and being innovative, it's such a creative endeavor, constantly problem solving, looking for new opportunities. The role of an entrepreneur is about exploiting those opportunities. All of those, I think, are drivers to innovate rather than necessarily thinking how can i be the most innovative business person today that's not to say that there aren't businesses who do obviously have innovation at the forefront of their mind especially the the global businesses that we're talking about in some respects um but on a day-to-day individual basis a lot of the entrepreneurs i work with they're just moving forward moving forward moving forward and that in itself can bring innovation with it but i think going back to what i mentioned pre- previously that innovation can then really flourish if it's in a supportive environment where you are enabled to take risks, either because you have the financial backing, because you've got a group of peers that you can talk to. That came out in the quarterly, sorry, the QES, Quarterly Economic Survey, didn't it? That business owners turn to other business owners to discuss their problems, challenges and what have you. So having that environment, that's going to be critical for businesses to innovate. And their drivers are really about keeping going being ambitious moving forwards I think
0: Tom I think you probably touched on a, a, a couple of points uh in your last answer that, that that maybe cross over a little bit with this but you were bigged up there by Laura as being the uh the prime candidate to answer this question so let me come to um to you for your thoughts on on this
2: yeah no problem James and uh, and thank you Laura <laughs> um so we all understand the models, porters, five forces, the the steeple framework. To me, it, it's that latter, the steeple framework that, that drives innovation. So, you know, regulatory, environmental, science-based targets, path to net zero, which I'm proud to say um, we're on as part of, uh, of Cinetics' journey to net zero. That's driving clearly innovation. There's those big stakeholder groups, whether it be shareholders, whether it be customers, clients, or clients, colleagues so i think in all of those and obviously new technology and um, and the the legal uh, environment so i look at that and think ultimately without saying too trite about it, it it's typically those factors that that are going to are going to drive innovation and let's not forget away from that competitive pressure and that client interface so you know, without giving two specific examples about about the sensei business we've innovated some really really fantastic commercial structures absolutely nothing to do with technology, nothing to do with the legal framework, but absolutely everything to do with being the most compelling, trusted partner to our clients. And that innovation has come through basically how how we remunerate them. But that's super, super innovative as a response to operating in a really competitive environment. And again, there's no credits for that. There won't be an award. We won't be entering that as a submission to anything or, or receive any R&D tax credits. But that's just, I guess, a daily example of how I suppose in the heat of a really competitive market to continue to differentiate and continue to lead, innovation is happening kind of always, always and everywhere. So I think there's some fundamental structural opportunities and challenges that that drive it. I think they're the steeple. Then you've got the, the level of competition, I guess to draw on the kind of the Porter model, the level of competition in your industry will also drive more innovation. And I think I would, I would encompass all of that in a in a, a wrapper of let's be really honest you know we're going to need the resources of two planets you know by 2050 if we carry on as we are as a global population and the last i heard there's only one so there's that m- a, a huge planetary sustainability ghg climate crisis requirement on all of us to actually innovate in that direction and i guess happily because of the, the the culture we have in the UK, and because of um, of how far ahead on that post COP26 curve, um, a number of of industries, markets, and, and supply chains are innovation in that area is really well received by colleagues, by customers, by clients, by regulators, uh, you know, and, and by the the key stakeholders that that matter. Steve, I'm interested in your perspective
0: on this. And it's kind of a bit of a knock-on question, I guess. Do you think that, that business leaders and policymakers view the topic kind of in the same way?
3: Yeah, great question. To try and break it down into what drives innovation, I agree there's an, an internal driver. You know, people tend to sweat assets and they get to a point that they've swept them as far as they can. And then they, the next step has to be some sort of innovation deployment. There's then also the market, the customers who are driving for the next functionality, the next feature, the competitioner offered something new. Those are what drive innovation. To pick up on your second question there about business leaders, I've learned something in the last couple of years that I didn't know before. And it was something that the South Yorkshire Mayoral Combined Authority put together, was they they put a number of us through Um, a learning session, education session with um, MIT in the US around why is innovation so successful in those geographies and and not so successful in South Yorkshire. And it was really the point that Laura was making is you can't treat all businesses the same when it comes to innovation. There are some businesses that just don't want to innovate and they're happy with how their their business functions and the market they serve and... and, um, what that business looks like for the next 10, 20 years. And you can support those businesses in, in one way. There are other businesses that are what MIT called innovation-driven enterprises, and they want to sell across regions. They wanna sell nationally. They wanna sell internationally. They're looking at high growth. They've got a, a unique um, product that isn't elsewhere in the market. And we have to sell those businesses, support those businesses differently. And I think that is sometimes where you get the difference between business leaders and what policy comes out regionally or nationally is not understanding that we need to tailor the support to actually the type of business that we're talking to. I think that's where we get the mismatch sometimes between what business leaders want and then what they see coming down from a policy perspective.
0: Great thoughts, Tom. I'm coming back to you now. You mentioned earlier on about you know making a, a a fairly big move in terms of career change from from your previous kind of role. So I guess I'm leaning a little bit on on that, but also just generally your thoughts on on this question. So what what do you think it is that that means that some business environments are just
2: more innovation friendly than some others? Yeah, it's another great question, James. I just want to say, fantastic question and a fantastic answer for the previous one from from Steve about that. I'll answer your question, but just to add in, it's exactly that point. The temperament and persona of businesses isn't accurately enough um, described or understood, I don't think, by policymakers. So you've got blunt instruments of R&D tax credits. You've got potential... Um, really accessible to some industry kind of grants and opportunities that just rule out other, other markets, other industries. You've got businesses cut by size. You've got oh, you've got all sorts of these unhelpful segmentations designed to drive deep relationships. But sometimes the segmentation that policymakers apply and the level of understanding of that is actually really unhelpful because it, it can treat businesses all the same by size or all the same by sector. And it's absolutely not that. There's ownership structure. There is persona and temperament. There is self-identification to some extent as a, uh, how a business would identify itself. And I think it's almost an impossible has to do that individually but it isn't beyond the the wits of of, of man to actually create archetypes and personas for businesses that then you can signpost to appropriate support. That's my 2 pence on that. Yeah, I am lucky. I have to say to answer your question to me is um, I feel completely blessed really because I had a, a career in a bank for 15 years just under that led me to interact on a daily basis with entrepreneurs with management teams with FDs with CEOs with with managing directors with private equity firms people that were doing business day in day out and you take something from all of that it's almost impossible not to so what what a fantastic grounding to understand why businesses are successful um, and why some aren't and it's the whole cliche you know why do businesses succeed or why do they fail? Three reasons, management, management, and management. And that that's whether we're an entrepreneur, which we've spent a bit of time focusing on, but there are other businesses, other business structures exist other than the owner, managed, and entrepreneurial. And again, back to the point about the, the breadth and depth and diversity and richness of, of the economy, certainly in UK, but Yorkshire and Humber, that has to be recognised as well, not just the, the, the start-ups, the spin-outs, and the entrepreneurial businesses. There are some other business structures that... that would do well not to be um not to be overlooked, so from my perspective i guess i, I look at the things i 've learned technology, merger integration and credit analysis, some really great business schooling that is commonplace in the world of, of banking and m a advisory that isn 't in the world of salvage and and or food redistribution for for my previous trade I look at that and think there is definitely just an analogy there james of what can an individual, in this case myself, but as an industry, what does an industry do brilliantly? Right. Client relationship management, cross-sell. It's fantastic in the world of professional services. You bring that professional services mindset to a, a food re- redistribution business and latterly a salvage business. And it, it's innovative and it, it's transformational, but it's something that is absolutely bread and butter in this industry over here. And I think We could talk all day about the different analogies and and, and ideas, but this is the point about collaboration. This is the point about ecosystems that both Steve and Laura have talked about Um, so articulately before. Let's find the leading exponents of the important thing in this region Exemplar, and then create the networks and ecosystems, and infrastructures around that, that other such that other businesses can learn from that in a completely non-competitive way. And I do think that would be the that would be the holy grail, actually, for this region, but probably the the UK more broadly, because actually the thing that is just something that a business over here does every single day would completely transform this business over here. If only we could, if only we could, we could make that connection, and that in itself would be massively innovative for that business and that industry and potentially transformational, but it already exi- already exists. Fantastic. You know, so therein lies the opportunity. It's how we connect these networks. And I think you know, everyone is correct in what they've said. Universities have a role to play. Yes. My experience with that is the networks aren't uh, fantastic. The network's quite limited and also can can be quite narrow, but I think it's incumbent on business community to engage. and vice versa and similarly where we've got these high value manufacturing roles or we've got technology, technology transfer information, technology businesses, how do we actually just um, cross-pollinate some of that great ideas, mindsets, infrastructure, technology to some extent in a non-competitive way that such that other businesses can learn from that and I think whoever cracks that regionally or nationally or domestically will will be part way to answering the, the productivity and the innovation question.
0: Okay, Laura, we heard Steve earlier talk about learning uh, something from uh, America. I'm interested in just touching on, particularly overseas, but I guess elsewhere in the UK as well, as a, as a kind of follow-on to what we've already talked about in innovation, what, what do you think that we can learn in South Yorkshire from you know other places, not just in the UK, but but further afield right around the world?
1: Good question. I think that as a region we are... Learning from other places around the UK and and indeed overseas, Um, certainly in terms of entrepreneurship, um, which is the area that I'm most familiar with. Um, So the role that I have, for example, within Team SY as Super Connector has been trialled elsewhere in the UK, most notably in Bristol, which is where I did my PhD fieldwork. And I would argue that the entrepreneurial ecosystem in Bristol has been stronger as a result of having somebody in that particular role to understand the businesses to make the connections to be able to signpost but really be a friendly ally to businesses and help them navigate the ecosystem and and not just help them navigate it but actually bring in the support make the right introductions and generally just ease their journey through as they concentrate on building their business so that role was trialed in bristol in 2016 2017 um, and it's it's been discussed elsewhere, but it it was part of the conversations when Team SY was getting off the ground was we need that role. And it's led to uh, my role, which I share with my colleague, Kerry Batchelder and Samantha Deakin. And I think that it's... I mean it's an it's a role that I really enjoy um but I think that it it can make a difference in terms of entrepreneurs coming through especially starting up um how do they you know where is the front door to the University of Sheffield for example where how do you know if you're based in Doncaster where do you go to access support if you're building an artificial intelligence company and actually having those business support programs in the region that TMSY has been able to match funds bring here, and then having us in those roles as not just joining up the dots for entrepreneurs, but also for the institutions to really embed those accelerator programs, that is creating an environment that is more conducive to entrepreneurship um, being successful. So I think, you know, as a region, we are good at learning from other places, but also just to flip the question on, on its head, I think that as a region, we can also act as an exemplar for other places. And we already are doing that. Um, I can look at the example of Barnsley who are leading a European transfer knowledge, um, sorry, they are leading a European knowledge transfer network at the moment. So they're sharing their experiences of good practice with um, six other European partners in an er Erbact network. Um, And the good practice that Barnsley is sharing is twofold. It's enterprising Barnsley, which is their business support function which has proved to be incredibly successful. For every £1 that Enterprising Barnsley invests, they bring in more than £5 of private sector support. Um, And the second part of the Good Practice from Barnsley is the Digital Media Centre, which many people will be familiar with, but it's a hub for digital and creative businesses. So it's a physical building, but it's also a community. Um, It delivers a surplus income for the council and it has a whole wide range of um, activities to support and promote entrepreneurship and innovation, specifically in tech and digital. And their Good Practice in Barnsley has really come about through their willingness to learn from other regions, to share examples, to share best practice. So I think as a South Yorkshire region, we can definitely do more of this, but it does require us to be willing to take on board new approaches, you know, look at new ideas and think how they might work in our region. So the example that Steve provided of the MIT REAP programme that South Yorkshire took part in, it would be great to build on that. Let's, let's do more of that kind of activity and be really willing to look outside, not just to Manchester or to Leeds, but like you say, look uh, elsewhere, look around the world at examples of best practice and bring them here.
0: Thank you, Laura. Um, We are going to start wrapping things up in a moment. So um, I'm going to ask each of you for kind of closing remarks, summary of, of, you know, kind of thoughts from the conversation. But I'd also like to ask for each of you to give me one thing about the UK and one thing about South Yorkshire that you would change to promote more business innovation here. So, Steve, you get the honours of uh, of going first on on this. So, yeah, just closing thoughts and one thing you change about the UK, one thing, South Yorkshire.
3: So, closing thoughts. I'm just going to put shine the spotlight on the super connectors that Laura talked about. We uh, we had a South Yorkshire economic summit recently, and the one takeaway I took from that is that we need. 20 more Laura's and Kerry's across the, across the region. It's so important. We've got all of these pockets. It's just being able to navigate and signpost between them. So I think connectors are so critical in, uh, in, in the future for South Yorkshire. And I think Laura and Kerry do a brilliant job. Can we just clone them and have 20 more? That'd be brilliant. In terms of my two wishes, at the national level, I, I want levelling up to mean innovation funding. So right now, for those of the listeners who've read uh, the missing 4 billion reports, it shows that in terms of R&D spend per person, in the north, we're getting £120 of R&D spend per person. In London, the southeast, it's £220 per person. And if you then worked out how much extra money that would be, that would be £1.6 billion a year that would come to the north which we could then use for innovation. So my one wish is levelling up is really important around town centres, city centres, but there's absolutely got to be a strong innovation element to levelling up. And we need to see that sort of money in the north. And I think we would then see a further propagation of all of the pockets of innovation that we've talked about already. I think my local wish is around industry, actually. I'd like us to have a common voice in the region. I think this is what other regions do so much better than South Yorkshire, is being able to articulate a common voice of industry and to paint a narrative around that industrial identity in the region. Uh, And I know South Yorkshire Mayoral Combined Authority are working on it. I think in the next couple of years, if we could strengthen that industrial voice, Again, I think that would help with the additional funding. Fingers crossed coming through from national government.
0: Thank you, Steve. Um, and Laura, your closing remarks and uh, what you changed nationally and locally.
1: Well, first, thank, thanks, Steve, for the vote of confidence. Um, Kerry and myself and uh, my colleague Sam, who's just come back from maternity leave, we, we do enjoy our roles and we would like to clone ourselves as well to do more of it. So um, that can be one of the wishes. But... Um, Thinking about what could we change? I mean, really, I'd, I'd echo Stephen, the levelling up um, fund. You know, there's a huge opportunity here. We've got a new mayor. So welcome, Oliver Coppard. He's got a big, you know, job ahead of him. Uh, but he's, you know, he's already written to the prime minister. He's already, you know, asking for those funds and those powers to to make a difference in South Yorkshire. Not just in innovation, but, you know, across everything, really. So we really need that investment and power in our own hands to be able to seize the agenda and do with it what works for South Yorkshire you know not as a sort of uh, a directive from Westminster which decades has shown just doesn't really work so we know what the answer is regionally here give us the power and the money to make it happen uh, invest in innovation in the same level as we do as we see in the southeast and the golden triangle um, in terms of two things i'm sorry to say that i would like to change about south yorkshire or or things that we could improve on so we're very lucky as a region to have um, sheffield technology parks and the Barnsley digital media center i've spoken about the dmc already today Um, but both of these um, places provide really high quality support for early stage ventures and we need more of this incubation support around the region particularly in rotherham and doncaster which don't have those central physical hubs where early stage entrepreneurs who are working on innovative ideas can come together and what Chef Tech Parks and the DMC provide goes beyond traditional business support, which is provided across the region and by all local authorities, in it, which is very good. So what they actually provide goes beyond this. They provide a supportive community of other entrepreneurs. They highlight success stories, which can be used to inspire other people. And they support entrepreneurs in gaining the skills they need for their current idea or any other idea to succeed. Because what often happens is entrepreneurs come in with one idea that they want to work on, And as they go through a customer validation process, they do their market research, they might find that actually that business idea is not going to fly. But in going through that process, they gain the skills to then take into their next venture. So we need to see that kind of fail fast approach um, replicated across the region. So having at least one incubation facility in in Rotherham and one in Doncaster would be a huge change. And I think a a fairly quick and cheap win for the region to, to achieve. And the second thing that I'd like to see change in South Yorkshire... Uh, We've long advocated for it at TMSY, but we'd love to see a public sector-led co-investment fund in South Yorkshire. So a co-investment fund, the idea behind this is it leverages public sector funding and brings in matched private sector funding to cover the cash flow for a a startup to cover sort of a 12 to 18-month period, just enough to get it off the ground. The investment would be around about 200 to 250k, so not a huge amount, but the beauty of it is it's doubling the public sector funding pot as half of it is offered by the co-investment fund and half of it's by market investors. So the Co-Investment Fund, it doesn't only help give those particular startups a leg up, but it also is attracting private investment to the region. We're currently working with 16 partners at Team SY. We have at least 14 accelerator programs up and running or soon to be launching. So we have, we're have we creating a real pipeline here of investable startups who are going to be looking for investment to continue their ventures. We don't want to lose them to investors outside the region. We don't want them to have to get on the train down to London and spend half of their potential investment on the train fares. You know, We want them to de-risk their growth and stay in the region. So, if you enable startups in high sector growth, um, in high growth sectors, to make that transition from startup to growth, it means that those companies can pre- create high-value jobs, and also it keeps those startups in the region. And a co-investment fund um, by SYMCA would make a real difference in that matter.
0: Great thoughts, thank you, Laura and Tom. Your closing thoughts on the discussion, um, and then
2: your wishes for uh, for the UK and, of course, for South Yorkshire. Thank you, James. Yeah, so some great points well made. So, I'm pretty consumed um, running Synetic, um, 700 odd people, 20 plus sites, um, 125,000 vehicles a year. So, I certainly don't have the level of perspective um, or insight into, I would say, the political agenda and levelling up funding and, and um, all that kind of good stuff. I think what I would say about that agenda and essential. So we should embrace that. We should collaborate as a business community, and and I think actually it, it leads into the next point around sort of the national and the and the, the local piece, which is the fact that connectors are needed and so important. By the way, is because the it's inherently a bit disparate and a bit disconnected. Because if it was so easy, businesses that are predisposed to wanting to grow and survive and thrive would just access that. So to me. There's something symptomatic about uh, understanding. There's something symptomatic about funding structures. There's something symptomatic um, about systemic support being opaque or difficult or disparate that we need 20 connectors. I would argue that we do, but that's because I think there's something that, that fundamentally needs changing. And that bit is my point about the national agenda. I've mentioned it already, but it is about just that lack of depth of understanding from policymakers as to what businesses really need which you know as a fairly mature economy in 2022 is is pretty shameful really I think Locally, I'm with with Steve on this, which is I think devolution and and local autonomy or regional autonomy is absolutely the way to go. But I think, as the saying goes, you have to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. what does this region stand for? What is the voice? But more importantly, what's the identity? Because I think the voice comes after the identity. And... I'm possibly a bit out of the loop now, but you know, used to do a lot of stuff with a company of cutlers in Hampshire, a bit with the AMRC, and we've got this old, you know, heavy engineering, old transitioning to new Sheffield. Used to make 80 percent of the world steel type narrative. Um, you know, what is it? What is the narrative of 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 the South Yorkshire economy? You know, what do we stand for? Because I think once you you can agree that identity, you can. Align and unite a voice, and I think that makes you much more persuasive and compelling in in pulling down funding. So for me, I think there's a bit there, and I guess I would just add to that is probably simplicity. as someone smarter than me once said, "simplicity is the ultimate sophistication." I think we could try and get very sophisticated, if we can say, it, with all these things, incubators and outs and and a myriad of a hundred different things. But you know, in in, in trying to simplify this, um, what the people that run businesses need, it needs to be really clear, it needs to be really simple. And I think we've got neither at the moment. So if there was a way to simplify processes, if there was a way to simplify connectivity in and signposts and, and to cluster, it's a very general point, I know, but I, I think there is something in that because if it isn't simple, it won't happen. And I think where something works and it's demonstrably proven to work and the stats I hear flying around from all, all kind of think tanks and um, working parties, there's obviously things that are working in terms of one pound invested equals five five pounds GVA um, where it works roll it out aggressively let's not try and reinvent the wheel you know where it, if it works if it works in MIT or if it works in, in Manchester it works in London it works in Sheffield or Rotherham, but not in Doncaster because we don't have the people. Let's just keep it simple and if we have a formula that works, let's not be scared of, of rolling that out. Brilliant. Steve,
0: Laura, Tom, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for your thoughts. It's been a really interesting um, conversation. So I appreciate your, uh, your inputs.
3: Thank you.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thanks, James. Thank you. Well, that wraps up the show for this quarter. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the South Yorkshire Policy Pod. Please do follow the podcast wherever you're listening to us, where you'll also find any future episodes as well. On the 16th of May, the quarter to 2022 quarterly economic survey will be launched. You should receive the link to complete the survey from the chamber that you're a member of. That link will also be added to the description of this podcast from the 16th of May onwards. Now, your responses really do make a difference in our region. And of course, allow us to create more episodes of this podcast and in turn, enabling more critical discussion and action. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.